1: Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Rowan. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your final Friday follow-up episode for Season 11, The Pablo Velez Case. As I mentioned last week in the follow-up, I'm out of town investigating our Season 12 case right now. And so rather than record a QA and a remotely after the interview with Pablo's attorneys, I decided for this week's follow-up, a better way to go would be for you to hear from Pablo himself. So I got Pablo on the phone this week. We talk about everything from what he thought about the season, how he feels about his case, what he wants to do when he gets out, and just generally how things are going for him in prison. It's a good conversation. It's a nice chance to really get to know who Pablo is. And that is going to be your final Friday follow-up for Season 11 right after a break. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer.
0: You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that you did it.
1: But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates.
0: And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special.
1: From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Pablo, how you doing?
0: Uh, I'm all right.
1: How's things, uh, things going down there?
0: Oh man, it's it's same old, same
1: old. Yeah, I, I I always ask that question when I'm talking to guys that are in, and realize what a stupid question it actually is. <laughs> well, did uh, did did Lisa tell you? Yeah, you know, we were. Has she been keeping you up to date with what's been going on with the podcast along the way?
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Okay, so what we're doing is we I talked to your lawyers this week and uh they're going to wrap up the 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 season with you know the kind of their thoughts on the case and stuff like that and for our kind of follow up episode i want to talk to you and kind of get some final thoughts from you kind of a final message to the listeners and so uh we can just get right in, right into it the first the first thing i want to talk about is so lisa has been kind of sharing with you what we've been talking about in the case is there anything from what she's told you that you want to share with the listeners that maybe I haven't shared with them yet or anything that you think they haven't heard yet?
0: Uh, I mean, pretty much you, you hit it right on the head of the nail. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, just a few things, um, like, uh, uh, on uh, Ron and, and Shorty, uh, I think she had said, you said they were in, in prison, but, but they're not, they're still out there. Um, you know, and and she told me how uh, uh, some of your list, some of the listeners, uh, were doubting. You know, the truck being driven into a, a residential neighborhood, and and whatnot. But you know, if if you know the neighborhood, then you know you have to take uh, big streets mm-hmm. to get to my house, and you know. If they don't know the neighborhood, then of course they're not gonna, they're not gonna know what, what being said, you know.
1: Right. You know, it was interesting because yeah, a couple people brought that up and thought it was odd that you would have the, uh, the semi at, at the house, and then some other listeners that actually live in Houston, I think near where you lived, posted photos of a semi parked on the street outside their house like that day, still now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I used to I used to park all the time. I pulled up in front of my mom's house and. Go in there and eat, shower, and, and you know take off again. Sometimes I would just leave the truck parked there for the weekend until I had to leave. But uh, you know it's all good though.
1: Did did you own the truck or did it belong to the the company?
0: No, I I, I we owned the truck. My, me and my mom we owned the truck. Oh,
2: gotcha. uh, the
0: company I was working for, yeah, the company I was working for, we just uh, used their trailers, but the truck was ours.
1: Uh, and that, that I think that clears a lot of it up too, that it 'cause a couple people are asking, well, why wouldn't the company want the truck returned to their lot, but um that makes sense if it's not their truck. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, and I and, and Lisa did share with me the that uh yeah, Shorty and Ron are both still out. Jason Woolley's still in prison, right?
0: Yeah, he's still he's still uh, uh in prison.
1: One thing I wanted to ask you is you know, when I talked to your lawyers today, they told me that you had heard about about the podcast and had asked them to reach out to us. Why was it that you wanted us to tell your story?
0: to put it out there? you know I mean because I mean this is it's not just happening to me, it's happening everywhere. and you know it needs to it needs to stop. I mean you get you get detectives that are are lazy or you know just want a conviction. And they go out. They go the easy way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're they're ruining families. Uh, my daughter was was three weeks old. You know, and um, she's about to be sixteen years old. And I got another daughter who's twenty two years old, and a son that's twenty one. And you know, I haven't been there in, in their lives because you know I, I I've been here. I was taken away, but. It just, it needs to be out there and, you know, this, these types of things need to stop. I mean, you know, not only do, do they ruin the the person in prison's life, but they, the family and also the victim's families, because you're not getting the actual people that did it.
1: Right. And, and in this case, it seems like there's such a, you know, from what we've seen and just through the record. You know, the, the three guys that it seems were absolutely actually responsible for Emerson's murder, were three pretty violent guys and two of them were left out on the streets. So you know, God only knows what they've done while they were left out on the streets.
0: You know, I, I think and and I've heard, you know, through the great line that they were or that they are informant and when you look at it that way it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because if you're an informant, if you're an informant, you know you're more of an asset to them than one person going to prison for something he didn't do, you know right think about all the think about all the people that that they're snitching on and setting up and you know uh helping them get convictions on you know
1: do you think that that might be the case in in, in your case that that maybe ron and and Shorty might have been informants,
0: yeah. I, I absolutely do. I I mean it all it all adds up,
1: makes sense, you know. Well, it's it's hard for it to make sense without that cuz that's you know one thing that I found reading through your file was it, it, it seems it seemed so obvious throughout the entire investigation that that the police even knew who was responsible and it it, just, it never made sense to me why they didn't just arrest them. It seemed like it wouldn't have been any harder to convict them than it was to convict you. Cause they had actual evidence against them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they did. They absolutely did. And, and, you know, they, they just, it was easier to, to go after me because of the car, because the car came back in my name, you know? And it's like, everything was pointing to them and it's like, they still didn't, they still didn't, uh, act on it, you know? Right. And that raises the question, like, why, why aren't you going after them? When everybody is telling you it was them,
1: or even even question them, I was shocked when I was as I was digging through the case that that they never even even questioned either one of them. Like it, yeah, it, there was there was zero effort.
0: Yeah, they never did. I, and I don't know if you and, and the listeners know, but I think it was a a month or two before the murder, there was a, another shooting at some apartments right and, and the uh, police collected some shell casings there that, you know, matched some of the shell casings that were fired at perfect rec murder. And in that shooting two months prior to this, I think Ron was investigated for that. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me that if he was investigated in that shooting, and the shell casings match. Why wasn't he investigated or questioned in this shooting? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com.
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, and that was yeah. We did cover that in the last episode, and that was one of the more shocking elements of the case. Was yeah, it's it's said in the police file in King's in King's report because the original the original shooting was never really investigated, but he investigated it because he thought it might be connected. And in his report, he says it, it I, something to the extent of basically we know that it was Ron Strandberg. Who fired that gun and then the you know the, the casings match the casings found the perfect rack and then nothing not even a question yep
0: yep and you know it, it just it, it it's like these detect i mean i don't know uh the detective was was i mean i don't know to be honest with you i don't
1: well it's baffling and it just it's so tragic what was taken away from you or the, you know, because you know these guys yeah. run around threatening, threatening witnesses and just causing more problems. And as I said, who knows what's what they've done since then. Meanwhile, you're you yeah. know from the time, I don't think we really talked about this before. But between the time of the murder and when you got convicted, you got married during that time, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I had gotten married and um, uh, we had uh, uh, our daughter, uh, Iris. And, you know, I started going to, to court and, you know, she was, she was, I went to court when she was three weeks old and I, court only lasted three days, four days mm-hmm. and they found me guilty and, and that was it. Uh, I was gone. You know, I didn't get to, a uh, raise her, you know, spend time with her and, you know, now, uh, you know, she's about to be 16 and. And you know she's she's an awesome kid, and and you know it it's hard because you know she'll cry and tell me you know dad I need you home, you know, and it's like I I I understand, but you know what can I do, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, and it I don't know when I was when I was speaking with your lawyers earlier this week, it it, it you can you can hear the frustration in their voices too, and the case that was made for your appeal with the district court is I mean. That should have been, and it's one of the reasons that drew me to your case to begin with. It was, as I told you when we first took it, it's a little out of the norm for us because usually we're investigating and there's not a whole lot of investigating to do in this one. But when I when I saw the case file come across my desk, it was just like, God damn it, it's the same people. I mean, I've had, I've had three yeah. other cases with the same DA's office, the same police department doing the same shit. And it's just like these people have got to be exposed and something's got to change.
0: Yep, yep, and you know that's that's why you know I wanted this uh, uh, put out there, you know, because I mean, goddamn, how, how many more people are are going to have to go through this, you know? Right? Uh, they're they're not they're not doing their job, and and they don't want to listen. And I don't know if uh, uh, Lisa had told you, but Lisa spoke with Kim Og, and Kim Og had told her that she knew I was innocent and that she was going to see why they were still holding me. And she never returned Lisa's phone calls after that.
1: God, that's so, it, it makes my blood boil because she's working on two of our other cases that are, that are out there right now. I, I guess we should, uh, exp- we keep talking about Lisa, but nobody knows who Lisa is. Do you, do you want to ex- explain to everybody who, who Lisa is? She's been kind of my contact with you from the outside.
0: Um, well, it, it started out, you know, Lisa, she's a, an actress. She's in the film industry. Uh, she's been in, in you know, uh, quite a few films. Uh, she's been on Queen of the South, uh, Blade Runner, uh, different different shows and different movies. And my case came across her and she started uh, investigating it and me and her started talking and, and you know, she's... Had my back ever since, and and you know she's just uh, an awesome person, and you know uh, me and her, we end up uh, uh, getting together, and I'm hoping that uh, uh, if it all goes well and, and I'm released, then I can start a, a, a new life with her, you know.
1: Yeah I'll be awesome. She, t- I talked to her last night, and she told me that that you guys speak on the phone j- just about every single night.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I call her and we talk and and just you know uh, uh, share our feelings and just talk about the future and and you know uh, hopefully hopefully you know I I I'll make it out soon.
1: Yeah, we're we're all pulling for that. And did did I see on on her on her Twitter is is her uncle the machete?
0: Yeah, Danny Trejo. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I saw she had some pictures with him, and she she said, Meteo and I was like, "What is that? Really, her uncle? No, yeah. no shit."
0: Yeah, that's her uncle. I spoke with him on the phone once, and it was pretty cool to speak with.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I meant to ask you when I talked to you the uh, the the last time. So, I know you're in the Cofield unit. How long have you been in Cofield?
0: I've been here on Cofield since 2010.
1: Since 2000. Did you ever know that the first case I ever worked out of Texas was a guy named Ed Eights, and he was in Cofield yeah, for twenty years.
0: Yeah, he's my a friend of mine, Big E. We used to call him Big E. He was out yeah. here at, at the same at the same camp where I'm at. Yeah, we used to talk all the time.
1: Oh, that's all. That's awesome. I can't. I forgot to ask you that before. So I, I, I'm actually going to be talking with him tomorrow night. His uh, you know, he's out now, and his he's having a big birthday party on Saturday that I'm I'm going to have to miss. But uh, but I'm I'm doing an interview with him tomorrow. So so I'll let him know that I talked to you.
0: Yeah, we used to speak all the time. We used to talk and and just you know uh, uh, share our thoughts with each other. And you know when I went back to court in 2017 and came back, of course he was still here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he got out, and it was good to see him leave. But yeah, yeah, I know him real well.
1: Well, that's awesome. So you're out in the camp too. You're not in the the general pop.
0: No, I'm not in the building. No, I'm out here at the camp.
1: Right. Yeah, that that's cool. I'm sure he'll be he'll be thrilled to know that I well, not that you're still in there, but at least that I that I was able to speak with you. Yeah, you know. So you you mentioned that you wanted to to kind of start a life with Lisa and kind of start your life over when you get out. I'm sure with with all of this, it, it's it it drives you crazy being stuck in there, especially when you know that you you didn't do anything wrong and there's no reason for you to be there. Have you thought about what you want life to look like? What your goals are when you get out?
0: You know, I, I, I've spoken with her about that, and I just, I want it all, man. I want, I want you know, they took me away when I was young. I was 24 years old, mm-hmm. and I'll be 42 uh, uh, next year in August. And, you know, I, I want to, of course, I'm probably going to go back to driving trucks. I told her about opening up a trucking company and, um, and get some land, build a house. And she likes animals, so I told her that's cool, you know, we can have some animals.
2: <laughs> and
0: uh she has like uh now she has like like three dogs uh one of her dogs is Dio. she actually brought him here to uh, to the unit to see me, that was pretty cool, and uh she has uh, uh some cats uh uh two loud ass birds <laughs> 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 and uh but yeah you know, I just wanna just simple life, you know what I mean just work and 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 live life every day, man
1: right it's it's they're just the simple things and it's man i mean hopefully hopefully we're going to get you out of there soon and it's it's always not you know i've seen it go both ways and it seems like the guys that that finally are able to get their freedom back do so much better when they have a support system they have someone waiting you know that was that was ed's thing you know his wife was still waiting for him when he came out the fact that you have lisa Uh on the outside it's just it just makes it that much easier to to transition back into society, you know. When when you when you have somebody there, a partner with you. So I'm, I'm just I'm real glad that you have have that in her.
0: Yeah, man. I'm real thankful. I'm real thankful for her. And and you know, I I, I pretty much did this most of my time alone. You know, my uh, my first first wife, she she's moved on. You know, and and it it, it, it was it was it was hard in the beginning, but. You know, you get used to it, just like everything else in here. And and you know, it, it sucks being alone. And but you know, Lisa found me, and and, and I thank God she's here. And, and I just, I can't That's wait to, uh, you know, come home to her.
1: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. What are the what are the holidays like for you in there? So we got Thanksgiving coming up this week. Do they do, they do anything special for you guys, or, or what's the what's what's Thursday going to be like for you?
0: Uh, we'll cook we'll cook you know thanksgiving meal we'll have turkey and 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 ham and you know some desserts and stuff i work in the kitchen so we'll be in there cooking and and feeding so you know it'll it'll be all right you know but to be honest with you man it it, it's just another day for us you know
1: right yeah i had uh one of the guys that i was working with he's in illinois um i talked to still keep up with him occasionally and he said that uh, his, his protest to his wrongful conviction is he refuses to eat the Thanksgiving meal every year. He makes he makes himself he calls him prison nachos. He tells me when he gets out he's going to make them for me. Um, But <laughs> but he said he he said something about you know eating basically eating the meal is him accepting where he's at and you and you you won't do it. So like see you know it's it's nice they do something nice for you but it's still just got to be so hard.
0: Yeah, it is, man. It. it... You know the holidays come and and it 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 gets it gets kind of sad for for well for most of us you know and you know sometimes I call home and, and sometimes I don't just 'cause the family's there and and, and I'm not so I just kind of you know do my own thing here with some of the guys that I've been doing time with for years and years you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I remember nights going you know hungry me and some of the guys and all we had is was a, a soup and a little bit of chips and we just we made it work you know what i mean
1: right right yeah it's it's crazy out there i i always remember this time of year you know for the years that ed was in when we talked all the time that uh the one thing he did like about this time of year was that that uh it cooled off finally because so that 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 camp you guys are in gets hot as hell in the summertime with no air conditioning
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It gets hot as hell in here. Uh, during the summer, you're gonna you're gonna burn up, and during the winter, you going to freeze. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you gotta hit that sweet spot in the fall where it's just, when it's just about right.
0: Yeah, man. Like like in the mornings now, it's kind of cool. We got our jackets now, so it's kind of cool. It feels good. You know, we go to rec, work out, you know, whatnot. But but yeah, it, it the the temperature now it's it's pretty good right now. We can sleep comfortable. You know.
1: Right. Did you uh? Did you ever play basketball with with Ed when he was in there?
0: Nah, I never. I, I never played basketball with him, but I played handball a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you, you know.
1: ever when when I when I first started working on his case, everybody told me that that he looked like Michael Jordan. And I didn't realize till I actually met him. Did you Did you see the resemblance between him and Michael Jordan when you met him?
0: Uh, yeah, well, tall and bald, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> He got, yeah. out,
1: when he got out within a couple of weeks, he got, uh, he went and got an earring. and It looked, it looked, uh-huh. it looked just like the one that Michael Jordan. Just had like Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah, just like him. <laughs> <laughs> So Pablo, for, before we run out of time, I don't want to keep it too long. I know you got to, you're probably gonna be calling Lisa tonight, but I want to talk to you a little bit about your case. How, how are you feeling? You know, your lawyers kind of broke down for us that you guys are going into this federal habeas. You filed the the brief already. How are you feeling about your your prospects going into into your your federal habeas?
0: And to be honest, I, I don't even I, I don't have no faith or hope in in the system anymore, you know? So I kind of just it's kind of like on the back burner, you know what I mean? Like if it mm-hmm. happens it happens, if it don't, if it don't then, you know, I'm going to keep on doing my time and until I go home, you know? Right. But you know, it, it's kind of one of those it is what it is you know until something happens
1: yeah it, it's tough it, it, we were we were also talking about that about you know how difficult it is to overturn any conviction but man you're just your yeah. your cases i've seen cases with with less evidence get overturned at the district court level of course not in harris county
0: yeah and you know i say that i, I, I say that all the time I i tell the attorneys i'm like man yeah, we got more stuff in my case than a whole bunch of cases, and look, I'm still here, you know nothing
1: right, and you had in your sentence, luckily at least for you uh you know on the the very worst case in the your sentence was thirty years I mean that's still fifteen more years, but you're you're eligible for parole now right
0: well i I mean, I've seen parole when it was I've seen parole in April, and they gave me a two year set off so I have to do two more years right. and uh I, uh, I don't know if I told you, but they, I had to go do a a polygraph test and, uh, they sent in, I forgot his name, but his last name was Schwartz. Uh, he's like one of the, uh, the best in, in this country, Mm -hmm. uh, polygraph and he came here and, uh, he spoke with me and, and, you know, he told me, he said, I can do this six, seven, eight times if I have to, you know, if needed. And I'm like, all right, cool. So. We went down through there. He did it three times, and he said, "Okay, I'm done." He said, uh, "He said uh, you passed." He said, "But you already knew that." You know what I mean? Right. And uh, and then the parole board came a week later and gave me the two-year set off, and I was like, "Damn!"
1: And to explain that to the listeners, that that basically means they didn't even look at your file, right? They just they're waiting another
0: two years. Yeah, they didn't even look at it, man. They just gave me two year set off. We'll see you in two years. You know.
2: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really?
1: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law.
2: 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Do you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.
1: Well, one one thing I want to do, and I'm gonna, you know, I have contact with your lawyers, is I want to I want to keep in touch. I'm really pulling for this federal habeas. I just somebody's got to put Harris County in their place, and I hope they're the ones that do it and get you home.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But you know, as you know, you got to have plan A, B, C, and D. And you know the the way we were able to get Ed home was through uh, through parole, and he was he was the the first the first person in the state of Texas with a murder conviction that made parole while maintaining his innocence. And yeah, we were able to do that by, by, you know, showing his case and then getting a parole, uh, a good parole attorney, Roger Nichols to represent him as, as he described it, his job is to stop the assembly line and, and hand your file to, to the parole board. And, you know, if, yeah. if, if the next time your parole comes up, if you're, if you're still in there, I want to make sure that you know. I, I'm pretty sure we can work on securing Roger Nichols, either, either pro bono. I don't want to put that on him, but uh, but if not, I'm sure we can raise the funds to do so, and one way or another, get you out of there.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome, man. I don't. I don't know if. Uh, uh, do you know who uh, my uncle Leo is? Did you? Did you? Did they ever mention him to you? No, they didn't. Okay, well, just for you and the listeners. Um, my uncle Leo, he was, uh, a detective in the arson division for Houston. Right. Mm-hmm. And the day that I got convicted, um, he spoke with, uh, Emerson's father outside. Right. Cause uh-huh. they were parked in the same area. They were parked in the same area. And, uh, my uncle Leo goes up to him and tells him, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, but my nephew didn't, uh, uh kill your son. And, uh, Emerson's father tells my uncle, he goes, I know that I know he didn't kill my son. And I feel sorry that I helped send him to prison. And uh, I was shocked. I was shocked when when they told me he told my uncle that.
1: God, that's it's awful. I mean, he You know, I've heard some of his interviews in 2017 when you were uh, going through your your habeas with police, and you could yeah. you could tell in in those interviews that he he doesn't he doesn't know what to believe, but he certainly doesn't sound like he's got a lot of faith in the in the police department.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, not at yeah, all.
0: Nobody does.
1: No, no, nor nor should they. Well, yeah. pa, well, Pablo, I guess last thing I want to do is, before I let you go, give you these last couple of minutes, is there anything that you want to say to the listeners? Uh, I'll give you an opportunity to, to have a last word for them before, uh, at least for now, we're going to move on to another case, but we'll definitely be, be keeping tabs, and, and, and we'll be in touch to help in any way we can. Well,
0: uh, I just want to tell them that, you know, thanks thanks for their support thanks for listening. you know that uh, I am a hundred percent innocent I will continue to to claim my innocence even uh when I come home when I get out on parole I will continue to uh, claim my innocence and just thank thank them and thank them very much and thank you guys you know for taking interest in my case and uh just for being there and, and supporting you know because without without you guys and the listeners and just people that, that actually care, you know, it's kind of hard to put it out there, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. It's like sometimes it seems like you're screaming from the mountaintop and nobody's listening.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that we were able to do that. And I know know, that your lawyers gave us some, uh, some ways that we can help between, you know, trying to rattle the cages in the DA's office and Kim Og's office specifically, uh, to try to get them to, to get on board and, and helping you. so. We're going to be pushing as hard as we can, and uh, and we put your, your address up, too, so you'll probably be having a busy mail call for, for the next couple months, too, because well, I know a lot of people wanted to write you.
0: All right, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yep, and you take care of yourself, and and, and we're, we'll definitely be here if you need anything, and, and we'll be in touch.
0: All right, Bob. Thank you, man. God bless you all, man. Thank you all very much.
1: Yep, take care.
0: All right. Bye-bye.
1: And with that, this will be the end of Season 11, at least for now. As you heard from Pablo's attorneys, currently we're waiting on the process to play out at the federal habeas. Please go to my social media, look at that contact information, and write those letters, make those tags on social media. Let's continue to put the pressure on Harris County, not only for Pablo, but for guys like Charles Raby and Jennifer Jeff Lee and Sandy Melgar. The, the corruption there needs to stop, and, and we need to give Kim Og the opportunity to be the hero there. Now, as we move forward from here, as I mentioned on Friday's follow-up, we have a very large case that is probably going to take the better part of a year to get through. As you're listening to this episode right now, I'm not even telling you what state I'm in, but as I said, I'm not in Texas, but I'm in the desert investigating the next case that we're going to be covering. That case, that season, season 12, will be launching sometime after the first of the year. I've got a lot of investigative work to do and a lot of prep work to do, before we're able to fully launch into that case. So between now and then, we're going to be releasing one-off bonus episodes along the way. Some of these will be interviews. Some of these will be cases that you guys have asked me to cover in kind of a one-off episode. So please also feel free to reach out through our contact form on our website, through social media, however you want to. If there's something you want to hear about over the next month or so while we're still prepping for our Season 12 case, go ahead and do that. And for this week, I have a special treat for you. This Sunday, in two days, everybody's been asking for updates on our previous seasons. And on Sunday, you're going to get to hear from Kim and Ed Eight telling us all about what's been going on in Ed's life since he got out of prison three years ago. It's a great interview. It's a lot of fun. You're really going to enjoy it. Make sure you tune in on Sunday. And we're going to be mixing things up with our follow-up episodes during this time a little bit as well, but I'll explain all that when I get back through our social media. So until then, take care. We appreciate you listening, your patience, and your engagement. And I'm really excited to start this next season, which is going to be coming up in just a few weeks. And a big thank you to our transcription team. Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kaywood Yomnik, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, Erica Cantor, and Jen Reese Incandela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd really like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com truthandjustice.